My name is Lola Rapuzzolo, and this is Media Delta. Alright, so this is a continuation for from our uh, last episode. Uh, last episode we talked about seasons one and two of the Netflix Castlevania show. Um, and especially after season two, it was very, it was a very popular show. And coming off of season two, people were very hyped about it. Um, it was, in fact, a pretty good show. Uh, so naturally, more was made. And uh, it is a, as you would expect, a continuation of the events of season two. Um, I will go ahead and say uh, we are going to be talking about seasons three and four, which are the last, you know, the last two seasons. I'm also going to go ahead and give a content warning for this one. Uh, we are probably going to be discussing uh, elements of sexual assault in this one and other fun stuff. Uh, naturally, there will also be spoilers if you've not seen this. So granted, that's usually most of these shows, but uh, I felt like I wanted to clarify it because, yeah, this this one will for a certain season will show up. Um, yeah. It gets there's nasty. some not great. There's some not great stuff that comes up. In yeah, it. very nasty. Yeah. So just wanted to give a warning about that. Uh, that being said, uh, yes, we are talking about seasons three and four. And yeah, that's that's what we're doing today. Um, and I was not I am here with other people who have seen this as well. Uh, so go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Axe, and oh my god, what have they done to my boy? I am, of course, Deathmaster780, the only elemental spirit that matters, and the only elemental spirit that had to work the last time you recorded this. And I am Torpid Typist, and I am fucking here for Malcolm McDowell and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, um, so you could probably tell by the tone of my voice uh, that seasons three and four are a bit... Um, this they're a bit uh controversial to say the least. Um, and oh, specifically, uh, season three is controversial. Yeah. I feel like four really wasn't three, though, was divisive. Yes, it was very, very lots of things happened in that that were uh, that definitely happened. Um, god, uh. I guess uh, we might as well just go ahead and uh, get the one-on-ones over with so we can have a little bit more. I have a feeling that there's going to be a, some more interesting group discussions in this one. Uh, but So let's go ahead and get uh, our individual thoughts uh, out of the way. Um, so why don't I go ahead and start by getting my thoughts in particular out of the way. Uh, so... In general, um, I was coming off of like pretty high off of uh, season two, and it's like, oh hey, this show is like they're doing something really neat. I was really kind of worried after season one that it was going to be not the great, but then actually, uh, season two kind of managed to, um, you know, turn me back around. It's like, oh hey, they can actually do something pretty good uh, with this. Uh, and then season three happened. Uh, so as we mentioned last time, uh, Warren Ellis is a name that is uh, att attributed or like attached to this project. Um, he is known for perhaps uh, kind of making it or pushing the the edge on the works that he writes for. And uh, that came fully to head in season three 
uh, which happened after the events of, you know, Dracula dying and, you know, Trevor and the gang kind of uh, basically having to deal with what happened after that and how there is still evil afoot as Carmilla and her army are still around and also the other denizens of Castlevania. Um, they also introduce a village that Trevor and Sypha have managed to uh, put themselves in. And uh, yeah, in this this season three uh, is basically how you kill a lot of goodwill in a series because it's like this thing already had the worry that it was going to go a little bit too edgy. Uh, and then it did. Uh, season three, in particular, the last couple episodes just kind of pushed the edginess envelope to like 11. And it's not great because it's not even written that well either. Like, I can understand if you're trying to, like, do something unique uh, with that kind of content, but this doesn't even do it. It is just pure, um, it's pure schlock, I would argue. Like, a priest that's like, oh, the killer of children, a dubious consensual sexual scene that uh, basically is just there to kick Alucard. Uh, just generally everything that happens to, um, uh, I keep on getting confused. I believe it is Hector. Uh, yeah, everything that happens to uh, Hector in this. And also, Carmilla was bad in season two. She's even worse in season three. And the vampire, other vampires also just kind of aren't that interesting. And the ones that are interesting end up not mattering. And yeah, they also introduced St. Germain, who's like, okay, I guess we're just going to do this like side thing that doesn't really show up that much in other Castlevanias, but I guess we'll just do it. He's got a slight mention in Curse of Darkness. So, yeah, just not that great. Um, just a kind of a real downer of a season. Uh, and then season four, uh, season four uh, made it better. Uh, they toned down, uh, they kind of gave everyone that kind of got kicked around a little bit of a hope spot. Uh, and it like Alucard had him team up with a nice what the basically the character that is because they decided not to put Grant the nasty in for some reason. So basically that equivalent of Grant, uh, you know, Siphon, uh, Siphon and Trevor are now more of a like an official couple. Also introducing a, a villain that actually when the twist of the season came out uh, that I actually thought was pretty neat. Because, you know, there's a character in Castlevania that shows up, you know, a character that has been in ev almost every Castlevania, if not everyone. And he was like, oh, right, he should probably show up at some point. Yeah. And I felt like their handling of that character was pretty good. I also got Matthew McDowell to voice him, so that was also pretty good. Uh, but it's still the remnants of season three still there. And I, I liked it more than three, <laughs> three, which is not hard. But I don't know if I'd say I like season four better than season two uh, in one combined. Uh, so I season three just really soured me on more of that show. And then season four actually turned out fine, but I still think it was good. But, you know, I kind of wish they had done things kind of different. But that is what it is. Uh, so if I'm going to give myself rankings for this uh, for season two or for season three, uh, I am saying, uh, considering how much it like completely killed any enjoyment I have, um, 
I'm honestly saying anywhere between uh, 18 and 20. It's not that good. Uh, and then for in regards to season four, since we put Castlevania season one and two at eight, I'm going to go for nine because I think it's roughly on par. It's just slightly worse. But yeah, um, with that, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and see what Axe has to think about Castlevania season three and four. All right. So we we got your introduction to the series with last episode. <laughs> Let's talk about seasons three and four. Uh, so um, I guess if, I'm t- if we're talking about basically uh, what are your general thoughts on season three and four? I mean, we obviously got to start with three. And we've been not so subtly hinting at all of our thoughts on this. And I've been no different. Um. I mean, off of one and two, one obviously not that great. Two was actually kind of hopeful. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got this. We got this solid foundation for a story. And as I said at the end of that one, we lose Dracula, the main focal point of this whole conflict. So now you got to wonder what they're going to do. How are they going to follow that up? They've got two more seasons to get out of this. What are you going to? How are you going to get that blood out of that stone? So what they decide to do was completely. <laughs> And utterly fuck up all the goodwill they had from season two in season three, which is just a mess of shitty stories, horrible character arcs, and one of the lamest, stupidest, crappiest edgelordy turns for a character I've ever seen. It's so bad in so many ways, but let's start at the beginning. I, I don't remember everything in full. But I do know that the 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 main story for this one, the story A for this one, was uh, Trevor and Sypha had gone to a village, and the village was dealing with some kind of strange cult-like thing that was hiding through it. And there is that uh, very flamboyant dude whose name I don't remember. Uh, uh, Saint Germain. Jermaine, yeah. So he's there investigating, and, you know, they're all kind of trying to figure out what's going on in this village. Everything's just, there's something really off. Um, So I think I should take on what I think is two, okay, so there's two things that are awful. I'll save the awfulest one for last, but my first piece of awful that comes out of this is the resolution one of the resolutions to the, the, the village story is that it is revealed very stupidly, mind you, that the village priest, who seemed very kind, very loving, and at one point a kid asked him for an apple, and he says to the kid, go to the apple tree, get an apple, and come back. The kid never comes back, and we learn <laughs> that he's been basically telling kids to go to this apple tree, and when they get there, there is sort of a, a, a trap. And the grass there bottoms out into a bed of spikes. And it also shows that in his house, he just has a shitload of kids' shoes. Because I guess he's a shoe fetishist? I don't fucking know. But it's the stupidest, edgiest garbage. It's just garbage. There's one thing that I've been thinking about because I didn't have the chance to go back. uh, Because I have a lot of the events of this season, like, birds to my head. Yeah. Uh, am I remembering things right that the dude also sniffed some of the shoes? I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't remember directly, but it wouldn't fucking surprise me, honestly, because 
they, they thought it was one of those they thought they had something moments it's it and it's something that i've been dealing with because i'm listening to some horror podcasts and some of the stories i listen to it feels like you know they thought they had something they thought they had this clever ending and it sucks and and the problem is, is when you're writing something and you've got that clever ending already in mind you write the story around that ending so if your ending sucks the rest of the story is gonna fucking fall apart because of it and that's kind of what they did here is like, oh, well, we're super clever. What if this priest is the bad guy? Yeah, you've been saying that throughout the whole fucking series so far, dude. You know what? I, I did have a thought, though. And it's like, you know, it is fitting for a Castlevania thing to have a bed of spikes, but not there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's a continuation of what I've, I've already forgotten the guy's name. Um, uh. Which which Ellis, one? Warren Ellis. It's it's it's, yeah. it's a continuation of Ellis's gripes with religion. And again, as I said in the previous episode, I'm not against religion. I recognize the pitfalls within it, and a lot of it just simply is the people. A lot of religions are are fairly benign or usually centered around trying to do good and bettering the world. And then other people take those writings and then they distort them, they pervert them. So it, you know, you can have good and bad. The church isn't all bad, and the church isn't all good. But this show and the way it portrays religion and those who practice it shows only one side of it, and that is a side of disgust, perversion, uh, violence, nastiness. And it's so one-dimensional in its presentation that it all it just it almost borders on the line of parody. At this point, and the the fact that they had the priest murder these kids was such an, an uh, like they could have just walked around it. They didn't have to run directly to it. They could have walked around the tree. So it's it, even the plot itself was completely stupid on its head. But when they revealed it, they revealed it in such a way where it really felt like they were saying, eh, eh, didn't you? We got like like they were pulling a saw, which no saw. Like I said. Saw's ending, really great. The rest of the movie builds up to that that final moment, and when it reveals it, you go, oh shit, that was really cool. When the, the, the twists were revealed in this, I was like, oh shit, this fucking sucks. Why did I watch it's, this? It's the thing that's like, because the only real, because uh, I remember like the only, like, the only real reveal they, like, or even like tease, or I don't know tease is the right word, but the only kind of clue that they give that this is even happening was there's like a scene in like, I think it was like episode three or it was like midway through the season that um like you see the priest doing something in his room. And it's like you can't tell whether or not he's sick or he's like uh, having palpitations or if he's doing something. Mm. Uh, and it's like, oh, you can tell that something's going like weird. Yeah. I, but I Also, I, like a grand majority of like. Like the tone from like, if you think about like the like flow of like, say a like, say like a police procedural or somewhere you're trying to unravel a crime. Yeah. It goes like you have a steady build. Like it's maybe it's not a direct linear build, but you have like a slight like it, it, there's a slope to it. This is the, just it yeah. goes like low, low, like low, low until the like very end where they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, like you and I, we both watched plenty of our, our of 
not police procedurals per se, but mysteries, mysteries, you know, the mystery is, and again, it comes to kind of like a three act sort of thing is, you know, you establish everybody, you establish all the characters in play, and then you establish your victim. And once you've established your victim, that's when you get into the mystery part of it. And the mystery part of it requires that you put clues in the, the, the reader or viewer's way. It's important. Even if you're going to kind of do things like Sherlock Holmes stories did where it just kind of it held certain things away, like he noticed the the footsteps made it look like a person was six foot. And I don't know how you figure that out. But um, you know what I mean? Like even the Sherlock Holmes stories still had clues. Some of them were just out of reach. In this, yeah. it didn't have any of that. It's just it was like. Like you said, it keeps it keeps it on the low until like the last couple episodes, and it's like, oh, look at this! He was terrible all along. How crazy! The only clue we get is the apple tree moment with the kid. That's yeah. it. Um, we don't even see the kid's shoes until they they just before they realize the priest is a terrible person, and yeah. then they and then they're like, oh my god, he's been killing the kids. It's and it's, it's yeah. God, it's also great because the reveal with the whole priest is a murderer thing is interspersed during the scenes, which the thing I have a feeling is the thing that you're about to talk about. Yes, that makes it, 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 it helps really make that one somehow even worse. And before I go into that, I want to point out that if you really, if you really give it a good a analysis, the whole thing with the priest and the kids is an incredibly unsubtle attempt to do a metaphor about the Catholic Church and its history of sexually abusing children. It's a completely just it's like he took the sign and just smacked you in the face with it repeatedly like they did these things like, yes, we know we know. And it sucks that it's terrible and it needs to be dealt with. But it's literally you, that's all you're focused on. There's nothing else to it. Yeah, um, it's, it's either that even if you weren't trying, if he was just trying to be edgy, it's like the most like I I don't like using this word. It's mm -hmm. a lazy kind of yeah. like right, like cop out it's for it's a it's hack. hack. It's hack. It's schlock. Yeah, it is. And it's not even good schlock. And that's the problem, too, is like one thing I kind of did expect from Castlevania as a series is schlock, because that's what Castlevania has been from the start to the to the to current. It's been a schlocky, goofy symphony of the night. The most beloved entry in the series was camp and schlock to its core. Um, I mean, everybody talks about what is a man but a miserable pile of secrets. That, that's just camp and, and schlock and stupid, but it's it's entertaining. It's good. It's got some it's got some whimsy to it. It's got a little bit of a, a sense of humor to it. And that's kind of the other thing that season three completely loses that we had in the, the last two. A sense of humor. It's not like it's just so grimdark that honestly... Like DC probably would would have said, "Damn, that's too much." It's so it's so unnecessary. Like I again, I'm a huge horror fan. Some of my favorite films have just body parts everywhere and blood all over. You know, I've I'm into slasher films and splatter films, and this was just like I was like, "This is unnecessary. This is so just absolutely stupid." And this doesn't further the plot. It's not clever. Um, it's not entertaining. And then that kind of unfortunately brings us to the point that I'm I'm 100 percent sure everybody is going to mention. And that is the absolute garbage way that they took Alucard's character. And before I mention say anything further, I must preface this with I am bisexual. I have nothing 
against uh, polyamory. I have nothing against sex in general. Here's uh, your bi representation. <laughs> and yeah, it's fuck. God damn it, you're right. Oh god. Um, and um, honestly, like, so Alucard's story after Dracula is is he's basically reclused in the castle in Castlevania itself. Um, and two twins come to his doorstep and he takes them under his wing and he trains them and he teaches them all different kinds of things. And in the climax <laughs> of the show, it is revealed that uh, I think their family was killed by vampires. Or, or, yeah. And they found out about Alucard. I don't even remember how it's so dumb. I don't even remember how that even happened. But it doesn't matter because Alucard shows them that he is, despite being half vampire, he is good at his heart. He's trying to live a, a nice, happy life. And in, in the end of this, this season, the twins reveal that they, their parents were killed by vampires. They tie Alucard up and then fuck him, which is great because it upset a lot of really awful people watching uh, Alucard get ramrodded. But hey, you know what? And they take this scene, which is, it's so, uh, it's it's unnecessary. Like, it's so weird and creepy and out of, and the two, they're, they're brother and sister, and they're fucking him together. Yeah. So, so, so we start with something creepy, like, oh, so now, now they're going to seduce and fuck him. Well, that's creepy and weird. Oh, wait, they're family. That's even creepier and weirder. And it honestly speaks a lot about Ellis, but, um. I mean, just on those merits alone, those scenes were fucking terrible. But as we said, they were interspersed between the scenes of finding out the priests killed the kids. So, like, you, so even if we were to argue that the, the sexy, sexy stuff is sexy, they're having this um, pornographic moment in the middle of finding out children are dead. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? This is a, this is horrible. This is bad timing. This is bad writing. This is bad pacing this is just bad placement of things that should have been separate incidents and they're like oh well these are the the two big climaxes coming together no it just makes it even creepier like it's already awful but you took it up like five notches and then you kept going and then after they get done fucking him they were they, that's when they reveal that their parents were killed and they were just specifically trying to find the right time to kill Alucard and that's why they fucked him and then he kills them and then because of what they did he's he feels vindicated in his hatred of humans and that further like isolates him from the rest of the cat I don't even think he actually takes part in any of the major events further on I think this was just sort of like his end I don't remember I don't remember exactly, but it's such a shitty, trashy series of scenes. Um, and it's taking a well-known, established character and just, like, throwing him completely away for, for just uh, for some edgelord titillation. And it's not even titillating, because kids are dying! Like, even if you were to try to say you could crank one out to those scenes, you'd literally have to edit so it's just those scenes because there's kids dying! So no matter how you look at it or slice it, the, the, the ending of three of season three is such a fucking disappointment. And it's just a reminder of who's behind this product, who's behind this particular thing. And the person who's heading this, who's behind all of it, 
sucks on every possible level you can think of, and it bleeds into the, the, the actual thing. We deserved something better than what season three was. Now, we can take that as a segue into season four, because season four actually is a lot better. But that's a low bar to clear already. So season four takes a few... So season four does have its trash, and that is Hector. Hector's arc is literally just femdom. He's just there to be dominated uh, and fucked and then humiliated by a, a, a woman vampire. Um, and that plot, and like, it sucks because his character has some interesting aspects to him, but it's none of it's used. It's thrown, it's again, it's like a la carte. Whatever interest this character had is thrown away in sake of some edgy anti-woman bullshit because the, again it comes back to uh camilla and what we said on the previous episode about the portrayal of women in this and um what's her name the the vampire that uh oh like the the red hair yeah what was uh, her lenore. name again lenore so lenore like you could have done an interesting romantic story between lenore and hector and it could have been a really good kind of um juxtaposition to the nonsense that was Camilla and the rest of the vamp. Like, it would have been great to see her, you know, actually fall for the character and work to help him escape. And then they themselves could start their own life or, you know, try to resolve things in a, in a different way. But what we got instead was more women are horrible people. Women are awful. Cause that's all her character is. is she's, she's abusive. She's controlling. She's dominant and not in the, the way that, one would want and then ultimately she betrays him because her goal was never to actually you know help him or free him it was to use him and then eventually kill him and it's just like at this point like the metaphors have not are no longer metaphors it's just just tell us you hate women and shut the fuck up after like it's such a waste of screen time it's such a waste of talent and writing and voice acting it's such a friggin waste and it's so weird because Isaac actually gets a pretty cool uh, character arc, even going up against our, our old friend Legion slash Grand Falloon. And that, those scenes are fucking amazing. They're so exciting and cool. And it was great to see that, that boss there, because that's one of my favorite uh, bosses from the franchise. So Isaac gets the story where, you know, Dracula throws him through a portal so he doesn't get killed along with everybody else. So Isaac goes on his own special journey, beating the shit out of a bunch of racists along the way, which is a really nice uh, fist pump moment. And then he starts to build his own army. Um, I forget what his goal was, but um, it was just nice to see Isaac get an actual journey and go somewhere rather than just having his shit kicked in all the time. And then um, the main story revolves around uh, there was there was a vamp. I think it was a vampire. Who is basically kind of goading everybody into all these different things? We, we, Camilla gets killed, um, and then it's revealed that this vampire is actually kind of on brand with a god, a god brand in terms of you know uh, character likability. Like this is a this is a character that's very very much a, a, a fan favorite type of character. He's funny. He's interesting. He's got a lot of witty wittyisms and all that, but they're not you know too much. And then it's revealed that he is actually death, which is awesome. I mean, death is great, but it was fucking weird. Like, I don't, I don't know if you agree with me, but I thought it was fucking weird when it's like death and he's got this like 
sarcastic saying, oh, what the fuck are you fucking doing? Like, it's so bizarre. It was so, like like Torpid said in the last episode, hearing Camilla say fuck. It's so it just I feel like death shouldn't have been death's voice should have changed. That's what I really think it should have should have been because that voice didn't really fit with that. But it was still still it's still a cool scene. It's still a cool final fight. And the, 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 the season actually does end on a high note. It does really do a real good job the end it's just a shame it's such a fucking shame man that season three is absolute trash and season four stumbled a lot just to get to the good stuff it's it's a this is one of the most inconsistent shows i think i've ever seen at least sonic the hedgehog was consistently weird and even though the fetishes got you know weirder and weirder it was still consistent with everything else this is just all over the goddamn place. Yeah, it it, it is kind of fascinating, at least in that aspect. It is, it is. And, and once you start to unpack all of the metaphors and the assumed metaphors and things like that, you do kind of realize how flat the show really is, how one-dimensional the view of life and things around us really is coming off of Ellis's input and direction of the show. And it's it's frustrating because, as I said earlier, we deserved better. We we as fans deserve better. And the staff of these shows deserved better. They they worked with what they they had. And they I mean, it's a beautiful looking show. Beautiful show. Voice acting is phenomenal. Top notch. But like everything else suffered because Warren Ellis is a fucking loser. <laughs> it's really just the, it's the best way to boil down the problem with Castlevania is that if they had had somebody who was competent, who was level headed, who had criticisms, but was able to to uh, to express them in a way that wasn't the same as being a petulant high schooler who just learned about, you know, uh, fucking red pilling, um, it, it could have been an exceptionally good show one of the best adaptations of a video game in any medium and instead we got this sort of roller coaster where it's either ultra trash or you know pretty damn good you know and kind of just jumps between the two that's that's what i got all right uh so what what rankings would you give <laughs> uh season three is a 20 i'm i'm not going any higher personally all right and let's see. We put season one. We put season two, one at eight. We put well, season, season one and two, two at eight. eight. Uh, four is better than both one and two, personally, I think. So I'd put it at seven. And I don't think I'd go any higher or lower, personally. All right. Okay. Well, then in that case, let's go ahead and get and see what one I remember how my Discord works uh, once. Uh, see what uh, DM has to say about Castlevania seasons three and four. E. Yeah. So um, you were not here for last uh, last uh, last recording. Uh, so what did you think of seasons one and two? Just to kind of get your thoughts out of the way on that. I like them. Um, so, OK, just just to kind of get your taste. So you, you like the first. So going into this, generally liking seasons one and two. Yes. All right. I thought so, season two was kind of long, a lot of uh, stalling to get for the finale, but other than that, it was fine. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and go through uh, just general 
Um, so actually, in general, uh, what were your what were your general impressions of seasons three and four? So, I surprise people, but I actually thought season three was fine. I didn't hate it, and uh, season four I thought was the best of the bunch. All right. Um, what were your thoughts on the general tone of seasons three and four? Well, uh, season three was uh, really laying on that uh, misery porn. And uh, season four, well, they reversed kind of hard on that. Yeah, it, it really did feel like they got a lot of flack for season three because general impressions that I got was that season three, no one, like, I, 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 there was a lot of ire for season three, at least in the circles that I was pretty too. Uh, I'm sure there were people that were thought it was fine, but no one I thought felt like it was a improvement on two. Uh, and then four, I, four generally more positive. Um, so what did you think about in general, the writing for the seasons three and four? Uh, all right. I'm going to break this down by story arc. Because for season three, there were four of them. There's the uh, Trevor and stuff and stuff, the Alucard stuff, the Hector and the Vampire Queen stuff, and then Isaac stuff. Um, if I had to rank those, it would go Isaac stuff has the best, then Hector, then Trevor and Saifa and Alucard at the very bottom. The, it definitely uh, seems, yeah, I, I can definitely get behind that. The Isaac stuff was the best just because it had a very clear direction where it was going. Although, again, it was a lot of, like, just build-up. Like, it which goes for a lot of the season, but it was clear this was all set up for all late, the next season. The uh, same with the Hector stuff. Well, that one, because, again, it was just setting things up for season four. The uh, Trevor and Sypha stuff, um... That was fine, but it again, like season two, it took a while to get to the point. And uh, this is also where the misery porn stuff really started to kick in. And then you had Alucard, which was uh, uh that was uh, it was yeah. shit at the time in hindsight. In hindsight, of season four, it was fucking pointless in the end. Yep, which, yeah, um, it's yeah, it you could completely remove Alucard from season three and it would not matter at all in the end. Yeah, and I guess with that, going through season four, um, honestly, probably the same ranking, honestly. Isaac Isaac and Hector stuff at the top, and uh, Trevor and uh, Pipe of stuff in the middle, and uh, Alucard at the bottom. Although it was better by that point. Yeah, because at least in uh, Alucard's uh, arc, you got uh, the, not the, hey, we're, we want, like, we're, we're going to put in Grant, but not put in Grant. The nasty boy. Now the yeah. nasty girl. Yep. Uh, and uh, I'm guessing you want to do characters separately, because that's a lot of why I liked the Isaac uh, stuff was uh, going to be in that section. Um, well, uh, I mean, next thing I was just going to ask is, like, everything else, or, like, anything else that you wanted to specifically uh, talk about those seasons. So... I guess I'll get the bad out of the way first. Uh, oh, man. What, I don't mind the grim stuff, but, like, so much of, like, the really bad stuff was just so pointless. Like, going to the Trevor and Cypher stuff, the bit with the judge turning out to be a serial killer at the end. Yeah. That was just 
I don't know. There's like no point to that. Seems yeah. like a helpful character until the rain was like, well, I was murdering people this whole time. Yeah, murdering children and it, I think he was also sniffing shoes at some point too, which that's not necessarily those, a bad thing, but I can't I think, I think those were just his trophies. Okay. I didn't got no impression of shoes sniffing. Yeah, I just remember him like I don't know if it was just the okay, I guess they're going to go with this that I just I just fabricated that in my head that he was like also like sniffing something. Um and Going into Alucard's story, we had uh, the two kids he was tutoring suddenly uh, swerving on him and uh, trying to kill him. I don't know. I if I I can't exactly remember what the exact details was. I want to say that they might have actually been turned vampire, and they no, were just that trying wasn't to get. It. Okay, then I their think they yeah, their whole speech was that they thought he was keeping secrets from him, which they talked about earlier, but it seemed like they understood why, but then all of a sudden I was like, ah, well, we're going to do this stuff, because we're suddenly, I don't know, just ultra-paranoid, and, uh, doesn't matter, you're you're gonna slay us their throats with a flying sword. Yep. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. And, uh, so the Hector and Isaac's plotlines kind of had some miserable stuff too, but it wasn't as bad. The Hector stuff was mostly just him constantly being uh, fooled and yanked around. The whole his whole plot was basically uh, what was her name? Uh, Lenore. Yeah, Lenore just uh, fucking with him and tricking him to putting on the slave ring. That was like the bulk of it. Yeah, it was Lenore and uh, Hector was like the majority of his plot line. Yes, and like I said Isaac stuff has some of the best progression but a lot of his miserable stuff was just groundhog day yeah uh, season three where he would learn to maybe trust humans and then just something would happen to fix that but he kind of got held up by the end of the season and he was firmly out of it for season four yeah but anyway that's uh mostly the bad stuff i want to talk out of the way as far as the good stuff uh isaac isaac is my favorite character on this show he's the character with like the best story arc, the best uh, character progression of all of them in that it goes, its character arc goes in a direction that makes sense, and it ends on a fairly happy, pretty happy note, because at the start of the series, he's just like a nihilist who's wanting to wipe out humanity and himself because of his life experiences. And by the end of the series, he's learned to get over and actually wants to build something with his life. And for other people. All right. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. All right. So no, no other uh, things you want to specifically talk about? Nope. All right. Uh, so uh, what rankings would you give three and four separately? Uh, let's see. Uh, you ranked uh, season so, one and two at eight. Yes, we ranked season one and two at eight. I would honestly put three at the same. All right. And then... Season four, I would put at... Honestly, I'd just put it at four. All right. Okay. Well, that, uh, that will work for that. So let's go ahead and get Torpo's thoughts on seasons three and four. Hello. Hello. So, uh, 
on to seasons three and four. Oh um, boy, are we? So, uh, let's just dive dive right in. Uh, what were your general impressions of seasons three and four? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Um, I have one word to describe season three, uh, and that's shit. All right. Edgy would also be fitting, because like in a series that's always fairly edgy, three is exceptionally edgy. Yeah. And by virtue of that. Four does an incredible job of picking up the pieces and putting together the best it can, really. All right. To put it as simply as possible. Yeah. It. Yes. I. I do kind of wonder how much flack they got for season three, uh, and how much it's them. That's what they were intending doing, or is how much of it was course correction. Um. But yeah. Uh. So. I guess going into a little bit more specifics, what were your thoughts on the general tone? of those seasons um astoundingly it was even edgier <laughs> against all odds in a series that's been fairly edgy uh three in particular uh was more or less about shitting on all of the main characters except for isaac who had the best time he met lovely people killed them made lovely people honestly isaac had a fantastic time which is kind of why i enjoyed him the most and and just in general Three tries really hard to just shit on everyone in a way that the previous seasons never really did. Like, things didn't go great here and there for uh, Simon, not Simon, um, Trevor. Uh, Trevor, yeah. Trevor, Trevor in like the first two seasons. But three was unrelentingly mean to almost everyone. Yeah. Uh, Hector got enslaved uh, and used as a fuck toy by one of the. Uh, the vampires, while being beaten down by Carmilla, and the other two were fairly ambivalent toward him, and they were fine. Um, then Simon, why do I keep saying Simon? Trevor and Sifa went on a little adventure that was just miserable. Just did everything in its power to make them miserable. And Alucard, was that the season with the rape, or was it four? I that was three. That, that was, was the end, that was the very end of three when you can tell also the, when the scenes of that are interspersed with the priest or the priest judge uh finding out that he was the killer, which made that last episode fun times yeah it was it was miserable it was three is misery porn is what it is basically outside of Isaac, who as I said, just Isaac's little adventure was wonderful. he had a great time. He got betrayed at one point, but then killed everyone and turned them into new buddies. Yeah. Who we got along with great. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually really weird how much he stands out. But yeah, so just everyone had a real time of it. The only good thing to come out of it is at the worst moment of that season, they do confirm that Alucard keeps his sword between his butt cheeks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Like, I really shouldn't make light of it, but that's all I could think of during that scene is, oh my god, it's finally canon. Yeah. Uh, between, yes, in in that incest dubcon. Yeah, yeah, scene. yeah, he fucks twins. He gets, he gets raped by twins. Yeah. That too, I, thank you for reminding me of that. And they yeah, aren't I... pre-existing characters or anything, they're characters there purely to make Alucard miserable. Yeah, it's when, great. The more you think about it, the more you realize that, yeah, if Alucard was completely erased from season three, it wouldn't make any difference in, the ter in terms of the overall arc. Yeah, but between also, season it's not two even... and... 
between season three and four, like, <laughs> yeah, it just served like, to make him feel like shit. Yeah, it's like I can understand having a not every character needs to like go for the overarching plot, but at least have it go somewhere. That's not like complete. So, that's at least substantive. Thing, that's the thing. It, like, it didn't even like lend to character growth or anything. It just made him sad. Like he did. Like going into season four, there's no real different difference character wise. Yeah, it's it's just it's so weird. And also to clarify, so Alucard was raped by twins. They were vampire hunters who came from a different country. They were not pre-established characters. They were made up specifically for this. And it it it, it was specifically like let's not mince words here. It was specifically rape. They. Went past his boundaries even before, even before it turned into a murder thing. They massively overstepped his boundaries and kept pushing, and then it got worse. Yep. Just overall, it, it just it kind it sucked. And then so the 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 tone of the the whole Sifa uh, Trevor bit was the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions essentially, but it was in such a really shitty ham-fisted way. It's also Saint Germain fucking sucks. <laughs> Yeah, Saint Germain, like none of like, yeah, that Saint Germain happened, and it's like, okay, I guess you're happening like over the corner there, like, sure. Um, also, the thing with Sif and Trevor was there because it has to, because that's Tre Castlevania canon, is that they are like Sifa and Trevor is the is the reason, like, that pairing has to happen because that's how magic gets, uh, Get, gets into the Belmont bloodline. To be fair, they had good chemistry. Like, there's no two yeah. ways about it. It's just the entire point of season three was for them was the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. They try to do good, and unfortunately, there's a secret murder cult. Yeah, it just so happens to be in the village and is killing everyone. And so, like, everything that happens isn't their fault, but they try to play it off as their fault for trying to help. And it's... that's the weird part. It's so the thing that in, of course, this is the one thing like plot wise that I can think of like as a comparison to a different thing. Um, I feel like they're kind of trying to go for a thing that they also, uh, you see it occasionally in other stuff, but the one that I'm thinking of is in Watership Down. There is a, um, in their little travel trying to find their own down, they come across another Warren, uh, that it's like everyone's happy. Oh, except the reason they're happy, like everyone, everyone's not actually happy. There's actually a bunch of snares there, and it's like the moment they, it's like no one, like they know it, but the moment that anyone talks about it, it's gonna start chaos. So it's like, hey, these people poking around are gonna like, hey, we're just that's gonna make us run face to or like have to acknowledge that there is a murder judge who is killing children. Also, oh, yeah, that's right, the dude who drops kids into spike pits wasn't that yes because it is kind of funny and thinking about yeah the castlevania does kind of need a spike pit doesn't it <laughs> no okay so to clarify i had completely forgotten about this until you started talking about the merge the dude likes to drop kids into spike pits by luring them in with what was it like fruit or something so there's an a tree. apple tree yeah. yeah there's an apple tree and they go to get them and they fall in the spike pit die and he takes their shoes yes it's it is like between that and the Alucard shit, peak fucking edge. Yeah. Like, there were just so many other ways to handle that, but no, kids in a spike pit. 
and sniffing their shoes. Okay, I wasn't the only one who thought that there was a scene of him sniffing the shoes. I, because I could have no, sworn no, no. that he I didn't make that up. He just collected them. He just okay. collected them. Okay. But he probably sniffed them. I, Let's be prob- I mean, I'm surprised it didn't put that in, because I feel like that would be fitting. It's it's like when I caught Ollie the other day. I saw him sticking his head in his shoe to sniff it. He hears me at the top of the stairs, looks at me, takes, uh, takes his head out, looks at me, and sticks his head in the other shoe and starts sniffing. Yeah. <laughs> he's also a cat. He's also a cat, but he's a weirdo. <laughs> but yeah, so see, I I know. So I I know I'm talking a lot about three, but like it cannot be overstated how fucking awful, edgy dog shit season three was because that's what it was for all intents and purposes. That's what it was. Even Isaac, who's having a great time, still got essentially betrayed. Yep. So yeah, season four though does everything in its power to clean up the mess, and it does an incredibly admirable job. Season three, uh, for Tone, is a lot, I wouldn't say more upbeat, it's still fairly edgy, but the show is always edgy, but it is very, it's a lot kinder to the characters, basically. Because everyone gets a nice, happy ending, except for Hector, I guess, because he's got it a little bit bittersweet. I I try not to think about the relationship between him and the vampire, because it's so weird and fraught with problems and the more i think about it the more terrible i feel so i just don't because basically when i say a vampire used him as a fuck toy that was essentially it but it was specifically he was enslaved by the vampires um one of them realized the best way to ensure his loyalty was by attaching him to one of them uh so she developed a relationship with hector fucked him on the regular all that uh, and so they developed a really weird relationship that I still don't know how to feel about. And then at the very end of season four, she commits suicide. Yes. <laughs> the vampire's lost. And she doesn't want to be kept, which is uh, whatever. But yeah, so everyone gets it better. Uh, Saint Germain fucks off to Oblivion. Who gives a shit? Simon and why do I keep saying Simon? Trevor and Sifa. That's why it's Sifa. Trevor and Sifa come out on top doing a lot better. Isaac's still having a good time and murdered the fuck out of some vampires. <laughs> yeah. Isaac's doing great. He now has his own little kingdom. Uh, and then who else is left? I, I don't even remember. Oh yeah, Alucard is also doing better with the really, really clumsy attempt to fit the dynasty clan in. Yeah. They're building a village outside of Dracula's castle. Yeah. I, I do want to once again uh, just take a real second to appreciate that there's a lady named Dynasty. Like her last name is Dynasty, and she has nothing to do with Grant. Yep. Yeah. Grant <laughs> Dynasty does not show up at all. Nope. And she's just kind of there. She's a village chief, and she, she's a fighter, and that's about it. <laughs> she doesn't really get a whole lot of expansion. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also introduce a a funny vampire, a funny, a funny hobo vampire, basically. Yeah. Who claims to have been good buddies uh, with Dracula and is voiced by Malcolm McDowell. Uh-huh. And he's fantastic. Is it, is Varney? Is that his name? I think that was it. Or at least the name that he goes by until it's like, oh, I guess Def's here now. Yeah. Because lo and behold, this weird vampire who came out of nowhere and just seemed kind of weird and full of shit, there's a reason for that, actually. And I thought that was kind of clever. 
I yeah, I remember exactly when I was like going through here, and it's like like when they first do their reveal, my exact reaction was, "That's that's cute." <laughs> yeah, right. Because like the entire time, he's very clearly sketchy as fuck, and it's really weird that he claims to be friends with Dracula, and, and then lo and is. behold, he's death. He just was death, and then he gets murdered by Trevor and Sifa. I was gonna say but it's he, mostly Trevor doing it's it. It's mostly Trevor. Because Trevor was trying to do the whole heroic sacrifice thing, except he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> His spoilers, he lived. Yep. Otherwise, how else? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sif is pregnant, too. Yeah, they, yeah, they kind of dropped that. I'm surprised they didn't, like, do more with that, but yeah. I, I would rather they not do more with that, knowing that show. Yeah. But yeah, um, season four was honestly a lot of fun. It, yeah. It was nice seeing something come of the misery that was three at the very least and that they tried to use it constructively if a bit clumsily and also season four has the only time i've ever liked carmilla because god damn her final fight whips i like it when she died i liked it when she exploded you mean yes she, she did no just die that bitch fucking exploded i liked it when she no longer existed i mean yes but i did like her final fight against isaac yeah. It was really good. It was really good. It was. And then the vamp, the, the other two, the lovely vampire lesbians survived, and I, I hope the best for them. I just thought she died. Did she? I'm pretty certain that all the, the main couple... vampires died. Yes, because they uh, no, were No, no, the couple battle. was... Oh, okay. I no, I thought sworn... they were out on a campaign, and then they heard about the kingdom falling. Oh, right, yes, yes. And they're like, you know what? Fuck it, let's roll with this. We're out. Yes, okay. Carmilla was going insane anyway. Fuck it. Yeah. So yeah, everyone that matters came out on top. And Hector also watched his vampire complicated relationship lady uh, commit suicide because she didn't want to be kept. Yep. Does she just goes on in the sun. Yep. And dies right in front of him. Yep. You know what? Good for her. Because I don't ever want to think about that ever again. Yeah. I, I still don't know how to feel about the whole Hector thing. So I'm just going to say... It was kind of awful. Well, it doesn't matter because we're go next thing is going to be Richter's timeline, which is going to be a different studio and a different writer, a different studio, different writer. And how are they going to handle Maria? <laughs> See, that's the thing. I I know they're not going to do it because they're cowards, but I want what happened with uh, Rondo, Rondo of Blood, Blood, which is like. Maria is a completely different art style, does not give a shit about the drama and the pathos, and just wants to do good with her little animal friends. Yeah, but that'll be in the future. Also, but, holy shit, Richter is fucking gorgeous. I, I mean, he he was made to be the pretty boy. <laughs> like, he, he, yeah, but like he, he always looked kind of like Ryu. But that was also the tone of the time. But now it's a different time, and now it is pretty boy. 100%. But yeah, no, I, I enjoyed season four. It had some really good fights. It had Saint Germain uh, deciding to consign himself to oblivion, basically, getting lost in the infinite corridor so he could see a lady friend. Thank God he'll never come back. Uh, and yeah, death. Yeah. It, it was nice. Season four is nice. I was happy with it. Yeah. All right. So I guess in that case, uh, what rankings are you giving three and four? Uh, what's one and two again? Uh, put it eight. Put it eight. I would say three is probably a twelve or thirteen. 
right. Uh, and I would say four is probably a seven. All right. I know it's a weird spread, but fuck three. Three was awful. I mean, spoiler, yours actually is probably <laughs> least. So well, my problem is the writing was bad, but everything else was good like usual, and that is why I don't put it lower. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're we're going to have a discussion on it. Which oh boy, will we. That is going to be now. So let's bring back X and DM so we can have our group discussion. Oh, I didn't realize that Varney was based on something. Oh, yeah. I forgot to bring that up on my portion because I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about it during the discussion. I'll, yeah. I'll mention it. Yeah, we can, we can say that towards the end because normally I have a little trivia, but you're going to do it. But all right. So now they're all together. Uh, let's talk about specifics of how we all. Well, let me just kind of take a look to see if whether or not. I feel like there's some key points. Um, general, going over like the topics that we had last time, the heroes, for the most part, everyone thought Trevor and Sifu was fine. Uh, Alucard got kind of screwed over. He got done so ways. fucking dirty. He, he got, got sh- done yeah. so fucking dirty in season you, three. You could say he got shafted. It, no. Unfortunately. I'd really rather not. <laughs> Also, Shaft didn't show up in this one. Anyway. um, (laughs) Maybe uh, that'll happen during the Richter one. Right. That would make sense there. Yeah, that'll be like one of the ending seasons where he gets possessed by Shaft. Um, Yeah. uh, Alucard, for the most part, might as well not even have existed in these two. Um, No, so that's the thing. He uh, has a part in season four, which is about him learning to befriend new people and move on and make something yeah. good from Dracula's legacy. Yes. Which season makes three, season... though, didn't matter. Yeah, it's like pointless because like season three ends with him like, I guess, being more closed off, but it takes zero effort to convince him to help uh, the nasty during season four. The nastiest girl. Uh, you made that joke, too. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, the one thing I did, like, I do like, because I think it was in season four, did have one of my favorite bits of writing. Actually, actually, actually no, I'm going to skip that because I just looked at the other plot points that I have here. Um, you know, one thing I was surprising, I think Torpo was the only one that brought it up. Um, well, I'll say this first. Uh, general consensus, Isaac's great. Yes. Uh, Hector, Hector likes the steppy. Hector, well, gets big to like the steppy. Big into femdom. Um, uh, I'm surprised Torpo was the only one that brought up Carmilla. Um, I, Carmilla, honestly. No, I so, mentioned Camilla. Oh, right, yeah. yes. To, to clarify, Carmilla, her entire bit in season three and four is dreaming bigger than she could ever deal with, and everyone's like, what the fuck, Carmilla, what the fuck? And then yeah. eventually everyone kind of hates Carmilla, and then she explodes and dies. Yeah. a Good fight with Isaac and dies. Yeah. Yes, it, a really not just dies, she explodes. Very important. As a giant fuck you. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um yeah, and uh Varney is also a really good. Varney like, is really good. I can understand Varney, that was his name, yeah. Yeah. Um it is weird seeing hearing like the same voice coming out of Varney and Death also, but Death also, death keeping the mannerisms of Varney is also kind of interesting. 
But I also I mean, kind of feel like just him in disguise. Yeah, this is true. To be fair, I feel like Malcolm McDowell worked for both anyway. So yeah, uh, it for some reason it does kind of give him a weird Skeletor kind of vibe. Just a bit, not nasally enough. Yeah, but, the non nasally. But at least like. At least out of that, we got a really cool looking death and a really cool fight with death out of it, you know? Yeah, that last that last fight did look pretty cool. Memory serves. Doesn't he look kind of like the Lament of Innocence death? Uh, I do not remember what the Lament of Innocence death looks like. Let me take a look. Okay. Um, which also reminds me, no real other tie-ins to other Castlevanias other than Curse of Darkness, but that's, you know, that's what it's based on. Um, yeah. um, actually, taking a look, well, here, I'll just paste this into our little discussion. So there's Lemon of Innocence death. Um, but yeah, like, I'm just trying to think if there was any other villains. There really wasn't. I mean, so the problem is that the villains were a bit nebulous. So like the death cult can't really blame any one person outside of, you know, the dude who really liked. I don't even think he was part of the death cult. He was just kind of awful. No, the priest had nothing to do with with the cult. He was just just his own like special gotcha placed at an incredibly inappropriate time. <laughs> Drops kids in the spike pit and steals their shoes. What a fucking um! I was wondering how they were gonna resolve it, and then they did. I was just like, this sucks. I'm so mad that I invested my time and my my energy into this absolute travesty. <laughs> I, I thought it was hilarious. It was the funniest shit to me. It's so bad. It's uh, also, so to answer the to answer the question is, uh, does it is it based off the Lament of Innocence stuff? You son of a bitch, it's a web thief. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can do this. Uh, the answer is yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought so. I'm like, when I played Lament of Innocence, it was the first thing I thought of is like, man... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, death was really good. Um, and yeah, the, the judge priest dude also just sucked. Also, I forgot what the, the village, the, the nasty village was dealing with, but. Just monsters. Yeah. Yeah, it's just monsters and Alucard killed them all with his butt sword. Yeah. Mm. Um, which actually brings up to our next thing, uh, the writing. Um. Writing in general for season three, for the most part, misery Yeah, absolute trash. Um, it was on uh, bizarrely edgy. Like it was outstandingly edgy in a series that is already edgy. It, yeah, more in the fact that it's like the plot point, like the ending, like the direction they went with was like it's the kind of thing I would. Sp- it's the kind of thing that I would expect in an edgy show. It's just I'm surprised they went with it because I feel like it was going to be a little bit more unique, if that makes sense. I mean, I can see I can see that. Like, like I said in my bit, you know, I I, I was already having like my reservations about some of it because of the edginess that, and uh, of of previous episodes. But like season three made me uncomfortable. Like genuinely made me feel uncomfortable from, you know, the 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 priest thing, and 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 we mentioned this on my bit as well. The the priest reveal happens in the middle of Alucard 
and the twins having sex. So you get uh you get the 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 all the kids shoes on the racks, sex. Oh my god, it's he the priest is killing kids. Sex. Oh my god, the priest is luring kids into a pit trap. Sex. It's it, it, it's, I mean, once again, I, I, I mentioned it on my end, but it's like, it, it's just straight up rape is the problem. They completely ignore his boundaries mm -hmm. and violate them. And just all in all, it's incredibly uncomfortable to see that, like even without the other shit. And then they try to kill him. Yeah, it's just it, like, I was wondering what was going to happen with that. And I was actually kind of excited because the whole concept of, well, Alucard being disillusioned with everything and then having these two people come to his life and sort of help him deal with it. And instead, they just go, nah, what if we just really went super edgy with it? Also, once again, they're twins. I cannot overstate Yes, I, I mentioned that too. I was like, I just mentioned how squick it is. Uh, it's, it's so not okay. The only good thing to come out of season three was the confirmation of the butt sword. Because all I ever think about is that one image of... Alucard with his floating sword clasped between his cheeks. The best way to uh, wield a sword. It's yeah. a really dumb shit post from ages ago. <laughs> it's just the season's so unbearably disappointing. A after two kind of picking things back up and sort of, so it, it got it got the ball rolling. Like you said, it made a, a bit of a foundation to build off of. And any goodwill that that season gave was completely lost in this season. I thought it was fine. Yeah, that's perfectly fine too. Um, um, let's see, because let's see, we kind of already went over the pacing and the story flow. I think the pacing was the pacing in general was better than seasons one and two, but it's it's more of what was coming from it. Although the Saint Germain bit kind of did nothing for me. Saint Germain sucks. He's just so boring, um, and none of his stories actually have any real effect on the, the no, overall story. There's zero impact. They, they, it's oh. again, it, it comes like Alucard. Uh, Alucard, it's just, it's, you didn't need this. You could have done something else. No, the only he thing is... of any importance he does is the infinite corridor bit, but even then. Well, I mean, was that him? Plot in season four. He's the catalyst behind the whole death plot in season four yeah. because death was manipulated. Uh, yeah, which that got is. Him to get Varney in and season three. Dragon. Yeah, but in season three. In season three, it's kind of like the Alucard bit. Like, they're building them up, but then it just doesn't pay off. Also, it's important to note that in the games, Saint-Germain only appeared in uh, the first Hector game, I think. Yeah, he only appears in Curse of Darkness. Isn't he a shopkeeper? No! He just has a couple of cutscenes, one of which involves stopping a boss. Okay. I have not played Curse oh, you of also Darkness, fight so... him. You also fight him. Okay. But like he he has not a whole lot of impact on the plot outside of a single character. Also, if I remember correctly, from when I was looking up to say who the hell is this guy, oh, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, he's from Curse of Darkness. Oh, he looks completely different in Curse of Darkness yep. too. Yep. Uh, also, like to clarify, Saint Germain is is a real thing. Yeah. Saint Germain. Also awful. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about my girl Helena Blavatsky. Yeah. <laughs> well. I think there's at least that point. Uh, the one thing that I feel like is also generally positive, uh, the art and animation is still pretty damn good. Yep. Even yes. in, even at its worst, it's still pretty well animated. Yeah, it was consistent. Um, that was all the specific things that I wanted to point out. Um, did anyone else have like any specific points that they wanted to bring up? Not the top of my head. 
that I hadn't already discussed in my boat. Uh, no. Oh, actually, I think I got my thoughts out. All right. Uh, so we kind of alluded to it, but uh, yeah, it turns out that Varney's based off of a natural thing. Yes. Uh, based off of Varney the Vampire. That's a really old uh, uh, series of penny dreadfuls that actually predate both Carmel and Dracula. Yep, from 1845 to 1847, according to Wikipedia. Uh, but okay. I completely forgot about. But does that one use vampirism as an allegory for fucking? Um, metaphor, no. whatever. Damn. Then what's even the point? Um, yeah, I'm just kind of giving a general. I'm just glad that some fit, that the show included Barney the Vampire. That amuses me. Like even the games never brought him in. Yeah. I, I appreciate that he was utter fucking garbage from start to finish. Well, yeah. Just this weird, shifty vampire who keeps claiming to be buddies with Dracula. Just kind of an idiot and an asshole, and lo and behold, actually, just an asshole. Sudden but inevitable betrayal. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that, I guess it's time to put it on the board. So, I'll put these both on the board. So we're going to use our normal 1 to 21 ranking scale with 1 being Mastercraft. Can't really hard to get any better than what it currently is. To 21, which is very hard, even ironically, to watch. Just not a great time. So, um, I, since we do have a little bit of a spread, I'm going to do a raw average of what, from what I got. Uh, which that puts us roughly at 15. Uh, which, oh man, I was an outlier. Oh boy. Uh, so just to also, I guess in this case, to go over the ones, it's actually funny. Uh, I, I really did not like season three. Uh, I went 18 to 20. Axe went 20. DM, you went eight. Torpo, you went 12 to 13. So we got a spread. Wow. Uh, which 15 is, you know, where that's going to be. So, and usually this ends up kind of, you know, usually... This brings things out. Uh, 15, we got Dick Tracy and Salamander. Yeah, it's fitting. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so let me, let's just, so yeah, at 15, we got Dick Tracy and Salamander. Let's just go like the above and below. At 14, we have Ashton's The Quest for Game Child, the 1984 Batman movie, or 1989 Batman movie, the first season of Seti Hunter, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Mega Man Upon a Star, and Rock and Rule. And at 16, we got Fatal Fury, the motion picture. Oh, Which, this is much more watchable than Fatal Fury, the motion picture. Uh, hmm. You know, I'm also looking at 18, and I see what's Michael, and it's, you know what, I actually kind of, you know what, in hindsight, I kind of think that, yeah, season 13, or season 3 has one bad episode. What's Michael is entirely bad, uh, and also shitty in various other aspects, so I, I am also relinquishing my that blow on... I, I kind of like I, the Dick Tracy event horizon. <laughs> the thing with Dick Tracy, though, is that it is weird and stylistic. It, the, it's the thing of like if I if you're like charting, like doing a like a graph of like where your enjoyment is, like on a scale. Dick Tracy's just generally low, whereas like the actual low point of season three is pretty dire. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like any any good parts of season three are massively overshadowed by the bad parts. Oh, I, I, the last episode. And I just feel like I feel like it is bad enough to poison the well, at least for season three. 
Yeah. I still think uh, 18 is way too low. I, even the more I kind of looking at it. Because the problem is can... the art, music, voice acting, all of that's very good. And that's kind of my issue. Yeah, it's the kind of the thing is that yeah. theoretically you could just not watch that last episode. Also, Isaac's having a great fucking time. Yeah. Having I mean, I'm not gonna, Lance Reddick. I, I'm not going to stay hard on 20 for this. I, I'm willing to, I you know, like, I'm listening to what you're saying, and based on what y'all said about uh, Parappa the Rapper, you know, that it's, a, it's I would say at the floor is probably going to be 17. Yeah, I, yeah, for a floor, probably. Like, same I, issue with a lot of that stuff. It when it is like there is nothing redeeming about it. It looks like shit. It's either boring as fuck or just utterly shit all around. And well, I go ahead. No, I just I don't think this is that bad. It's the kind of the thing of like it's the like, thing. Yeah. The the thing for me is the edginess didn't bother me, and like it was taking that out. It was honestly just about as on the level as the first two seasons. And I would easily watch this over everything in nine, the nine category, let alone everything else below it. Yeah, I think at this point, we're just going to have to, in order to even get this on the board, we're just going to have to, I'm going to have to average. Uh, well, I'm well, fine how, with taking how, the average. How, how does it stack up against the Fatal Fury film? <sighs> the Fatal I Fury is much more watchable than that. It's, it's okay. per, Fatal Fury was kind of dire. There was... Like, Fatal Fury just kind of sucked. Yeah, and I'm also, it's like I'm looking at the stuff that's up, like, part of me is thinking 14, because mm -hmm. in the mm, problem is I'm seeing Gogo for the professional, but I like that movie, so. Because mm. um, I mean, the I thing wouldn't... is, I'm like, I'm looking at stuff at, like, 12, and that's at the point where, like, okay, some of the stuff is actually, like, you could, like, the Street Fighter movie. There's also, like, the first season of uh, TMNT. I kind of feel like this is the problem of like a subjective based thing is that especially when you have something like this is the fact that taste in this thing is just this is a very wide subjective of like how much you can handle stuff certain things and how much it poisons. I do kind of feel like the like the acting and all that I think is pretty good. The animation's really good. It's just the writing kind of killed it. Which I, I feel it... like a lot of it is enjoyable up to a point is also the thing is that it's just that little tiny bit at the end mm -hmm. that really poisons it. Like just really sharp drop in quality, which would poison like thoughts of like later ones. So I think I'm going to going to take the executive on this one. Uh, I'm going to say, let me look at the scores again. I am actually going to take the executive. I'm going to say 13 because it is. I think that it's like there's a lot of it that's really good. It's just at the very end, it just drops it completely. And I'm going to put the little judge logo next to it to point <laughs> that out. Uh, I am doing this so that we're not here for eons. Um, uh, might as well just do like because I think I feel like the charms are going to also correspond with season four so let's get season four on the board as well this one was generally much more positive um if i'm going to take actually what is the average on this this one's generally pretty high and even you know what i'm going to do this do, do. yeah so 
we're going to start rounding down. We're going to start at seven, um, which is already higher than season one and two. Uh, at seven, we have American Gladiators, Area 88, Cyber City Waito 808, uh, Fantasy Kaleidoscope, Kamen Rider Black, the Mortal Kombat movie, Nick Arcade, The Hunt for Red October, and East uh, OVA. Um, I would watch I, this over East. Yeah, I kind of feel like I like Cyber City Waito 808, but I feel like they're the high, it's the very much the high points of season four, I feel, are higher than a majority of these. Even yeah, then, Carmilla season, fucking dies. I mean, even that, like, season four generally has a lot of good points in it. The writing was yeah. a lot better. Uh, also, more importantly, unlike season two, things are always happening. Yes. And the stories are interesting this time around. That, that, that's the other thing, too, is that four has picked up enough steam from the previous seasons, and then the stories are actually... Isaac's story is cool. I loved yeah. Isaac's story. He got a very good happy ending. I, I hope those two vampire lesbians are doing great somewhere. Um, okay, in that case, uh, should we just move up to five? Or is it? Sure. Let, let's see. Sure. Uh, yeah, five, we got Adventure there. Movement Valley, Game Center CX Season 1, Jaws, Starcade, Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Movie, and The Running Man. And That's Uncut Gems. And Uncut Gems. Um, I, would, I would watch this over Uncut Gems I, and Jaws. Yeah, the thing is, I'm seeing some of these. See, I like movements, are, but also that's that's an outlier of one of these. I generally, I'm not against it, but also my memory of season four is sort of kind of foggy. Um, but I I can definitely see why you would put that. Um, however, I guess at that point, uh, four, we have Blackjack the movie, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and Street Fighter the Two, the animated movie. That's a bit harder. Um, mm. I see it at five. Yeah, I'm kind of personally thinking five. Mm. All right. Uh, I guess taking season f- or I'm thinking five. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go season five. Or, let's go five then. All right. So, uh, okay. So the first thing for content, um, core plus plus. Oh, I'm gonna need a lot of these. Um, okay. So let's let me open up the thing. So, season three is pretty gory. Was it as gory as the first two? I don't remember. It's always been gory. It never stopped being gory. uh, It's more level consistent. Once again, remember what Isaac did. Yeah, a bright, yes. Okay. Also, the town got it real bad, especially at the end. Oh, right. Okay, so let me look through my charms. Oh, where are you? The one that I don't get to use that often, thankfully. Uh, S. Uh, that one definitely gets to get as notable for that one. Uh, language. One thing I will say that is good for me, no vomiting in season three or four. Yeah. Well, technically there also wasn't in two, but still, let's see. Um, I don't, I don't really, um, okay. Uh, I do feel like in, yes, you do have actual sex annuity on that. So I feel like. Oh god, I'm I'm running out of space for the content of this one. <laughs> I'm gonna bump a plus down so it actually fits. I think that's good. Um, and then season four was mostly the same, except there's no assault in that one. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, is there anything we want to call out for music, cinematography, or music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, action, and art? Uh, arts thumbs up for both of the, both of them, definitely. And action. And action. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm get, going to move, use the same uh, sad face for... This one had, season three and four, had zero Castlevania music in it. You got one song throughout this entire series. Um, Charm, I don't think, is there. Thumbs down for the writing in three. Yeah. And cinematography was fine. And the charm, I don't think it's worth noting. Uh, yay or nays? Um, let me look at what charms I got. I don't even... Problematic. Mm, yeah. Uh, where's my... Yeah, yikes. There. Uh, do Yeah, it's a little... Season three. Uh, and I can't really think of much else for four or three or four. Like, it, it's not even a boy... It was the X's because that's not really. Nope. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. So there uh, that is been. We have now have the entire entirety of Castlevania ranked now at this point um, with season one and two being an eight uh, season three being at 13 and season five or four being at five. So all right, we did it. Um, Still no word on when Nocturne's coming out, so we'll see about that one. I hope it does come out. Yeah, hopefully. Um, someday. Someday. All right, anyway, uh, with that being said, before we head out, uh, Axe, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, yes, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network and your local SPCA or Animal Shelter, please adopt, don't shop. All right, DM? Uh, you can follow me at uh, twitch.tv slash deathmaster780 and twitter.com slash deathmaster780. And uh, I want to plug uh, this one YouTube comment on uh, one of the Isaac and Carmella fight videos that just, every time I see it, it makes me smile. It goes, I love how Isaac managed to obtain an S-tier six-star demon daddy from Gotcha Rolling on his travels. Yes. Um, Torpa. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Torpotypus at Torpotypus on Twitter. And I would like to plug up the Infinite Corridor so St. Germain can never get out ever again. <laughs> All right. So next one's going to be a definite departure from this. Uh, it is a new quarter, so that means we get a new Retrorank Relief pick. Uh, and what ended up winning for quarter three uh, was the 2010, I think. Um... The uh, 2000, yes, 2010 movie based on an SNL skit, uh, MacGruber, which is a parody of MacGyver, which is, although this has nothing to do with MacGyver, and this is an interesting movie. It is some of the most tasteful lovemaking I've ever seen in a movie. Yes, uh, it is certainly, it is a movie of all time, and I'll say that. Anyway, thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a good whatever time it is when you're listening. Bye. If you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you'd like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's RetroRank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lolotapuzzla, or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode of others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.